Hey, Shawty, let me holler at you. Yeah, and you know what? I'm still rocking this LaCroix. I got another one. Man, let's, wait, he's got a whole cooler down there. Dude, I've got like 24 LaCroix on deck in my fridge at home right now, ready to go. Peach pear, I'm talking cran apple. You I'm need t- to calm the fuck down. Look, don't hate because you don't have these LaCroix on deck, my guy. Come on. <laughs> Tears are pouring down your face and they glisten like carbonated LaCroix. Yeah, you know, that's how ballers fucking cry, Bobby. LaCroix tears. Yeah. It's like you crying them salt tears. My, my tears sparkle like diamonds because I got that LaCroix in my system, Bobby. This ain't tears, dog. This ain't tears, This bro. LaCroix. This ain't tears, bro. This LaCroix. This Papa Moose LaCroix. Yeah, I've been fucking drinking this Pamplemousse. I don't say grapefruit. That's for plebs. This shorty we're discussing today <laughs> might have made me, maybe since Call Me Lucky when the early days when we cried. Yeah, yeah. And since then, a part of us has died. We haven't really cried that yeah, much. Yeah, it's been a long couple years. I kind of choked up in one thing. I think it was the Herzog one into the abyss, but I don't mm-hmm. know if it could convey, but yeah. I kind of choked up a little bit in that one. I choked up during the uh, Mind the Gap. Yeah, yeah. Hardcore like, choking up. I got some tears going. And this one, I felt like since those that we all mentioned has been it's kind of profoundly sad to me. Like I was like, I was getting choked up watching this one. You know, why I like this one so much. Oh, it just gives me that warm feeling of good old fashioned European racism. <laughs> uh, vintage throwback. Yeah, that racism. throwback. That American racism is so nuanced. It's so like close together. People kind of know each other. So it's almost like this feud between siblings. But that European racism, oh, they take it so seriously. England is like the dad that taught us all those yeah, words. Yeah, that's like that OG, like, mm, it's uncut, pure. I'm like kissing my 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 fingers right now like I'm in an Italian restaurant. It's like, mm, mm, it's pure. Mm, it's so good, that European racism. We're talking about a film called Black Sheep, directed by Ed Perkins, who also directed Tell Me Who I Am. That's what we discussed oh, last month. Hmm. How about that? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know he directed it until the very end. Well, here we go. But, hey. Yeah. And Ed Perkins, he directs sad shit. And this yeah. is no exception. Not at all. We see a young... Oh, this is in England. England? London. London. Grew up in Streatham. Young man sits. And there's a lot of recreations of this one, too. Didn't mind it. I thought it was good. It was well shot, great angles, good acting. I think up top, I just want to say, I thought it was really good. It was great. And uh, he's talking about how he was running through some area and cops are coming around. You think cops are coming after him, but apparently cops are keeping him from going to a certain area. He goes home and his mother is watching the television and, and sobbing. Also, his parents are from Nigeria. Pretty common in England. Yeah, so he's like a first generation Son of immigrants. Uh, And they see on the TV that a 10-year-old Nigerian boy, 10 fucking years old, was stabbed to death coming home from school. They did a housing estate, a.k.a. project. I believe his name was Demolola Taylor. And um, mother, the mother is extremely scared. Demolola Taylor, a 10-year-old boy from the same country my parents are from, died. That could have been me. Knife crime is, is legit over there. They don't have as many guns, so they use what they have. And just to set the scene, you know, like I said, housing, pro- I mean, estate, but whatever. You know how they call everything. 
the wrong sure. word. It's a project, people. Stop calling it a state. It's misleading. But no, they're, they're in South London. You know, we got things like um, Streatham, Dave, really hot. I grew up in Streatham. Teachers were giving man tests. Same time the man them were giving out testers. I got paintings giving man stress. I ain't got a sex it. Message or text it. I don't want to do you and I like I'm in Leicester skipping my lectures. Young English rapper right now. Yeah. Gigs from southern southern London. Two stepping. Dude's got it two stepping. Then you stepping. Fuck who's repping. Cause who's gonna lose when it. Just you brethren. Fuck who's checking. So back to the tune. Cook it. Cook it. I feel like the, uh, from what I've been hearing, I feel like when we were first getting like British rappers, yeah. I was like, terrible. They're yeah, so I was terrible. like, uh, I, could, I really tried to. Yeah, me too. They're terrible. And I was like, ultimately, this isn't very good. But I feel Gigs like is all right. But recently, yeah. yeah Dave I, is all right. I feel like some shit's popping off. Well, that rapper Giggs, he's actually from where um, our, our protagonist in this documentary is from, uh, Peckham. Peckham. In South London. Also, uh, most famous club from there, Crystal Palace. Just gotta, every time we talk about London, I have to put the little Premier League spin on the whole thing. So, you know, just doing my little part. <laughs> we should go to London. Yeah, we should. Let's just go. It's not that hard. It's not that expensive. No. No. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's really not. I think we should. Yeah, we should go. I'll Just catch a Premier you. League game. <laughs> <laughs> or a double date. We could take our yeah, wives. Yeah, let's take let's take our wives and my and my unborn child. <laughs> I think it would be good to group up if you're gonna go to London. Yeah, definitely. I can go by myself too, but I definitely prefer other people. I've never personally encountered a roving horde of soccer hooligans, but they do kind of scare me, I'm not gonna lie. You should be scared. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what uh well we'll we'll continue in, down that, that path. Uh ten months later. The family moves off. He's describing it like no one's told him anything. Yeah. I don't know. Culturally, maybe it's a Nigerian thing. Yeah. He's like, one day we're packing and dad's driving. And I'm like, I uh, don't know where he's going. And they notice it's going out to the farmland. I assume they're going north. Yeah, northeast. And um, closer to Ipswich. Pulls up. Dad proudly pulls up to a new house. In Essex. I hear it's kind of nice in Essex. Yeah, I bet. I mean, in the compared States. to London. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's just different scene, urban, yeah. and then like peaceful rural. But it seems like most of England is fairly urban. Like all the like, look at their maps on Google Maps. You know, to do the street view. I'm like, really? Does everyone have to be stacked on top of each other, even out in this countryside? Oh, his name is Cornelius. No, oh, that's right. But Cornelius notices that everyone around him is white. He went from the multicultural mecca of the country. Yeah. Which is like everything is extremely concentrated. There yeah, and as expensive well. to Essex, which is not very far. I mean, it's probably equivalent of being from here to like Clarksville. Yeah, but it takes double the time to get there because London traffic's terrible. And I mean, it is also fucking England outside of London. Yeah. It's going to be the whitest shit ever. Yeah, of course. I mean, now here in the South, it's like, of course, there's areas that are very white, and then but there will just be pockets of other races also yeah. in the country and the urban. No, area. England is like. One of the homelands of white people, I think. It's like when, yeah. I, when you think of white homeland, you probably think England. I'm not trying to make anything racial about it, but then, you know, that's like our culture, like in the South. It's very English, Irish. A lot of my ancestors come yeah. from uh, between Ireland and there and Scotland and all over Europe, yeah. actually. All he saw was white people and everyone is staring at him. And he says one of the earliest interactions is he's just walking like he would on the London streets, but he's in Essex. And some, like, little kid 
Then you just want to slap this fucking kid. Oi! All I hear is, Oi, nigga! Yeah, but the kid's throwing down the 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 big language, dropping the n bomb. Oi, nigga! Even though they use that over there, I thought they maybe had some other special colloquialism for making fun of black people. Yeah, well, they probably invented it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he starts doing the oh the classic on the soccer pitch. Starts doing the monkey chant. What? Starts doing Ugh. the the monkey noises. Uh, look, you you hate to see it. Please tell me nothing like this has ever happened to you. <sighs> uh... <laughs> Unfortunately, one of my earliest memories in Europe. New kid comes to class. The only black kid in there because it's all German kids. Yeah. Spit right in my eye. God damn. Let's <laughs> yeah. build a time machine. Yeah. Fuck all these kids up. Spit in my eye. Got the monkey noise. That's why I was like, mm, like good old-fashioned European racism because they love the monkey chant over there. We're not so much with the whole monkey thing anymore. We're just more of the whole industrial, prison industrial complex racism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, where we pretend like we solved everything. Yeah, racism solved. We just put all the black people in prison. And you, <laughs> cr- and you create a nice bubbles of white privilege to where like they just think everything is like Progressive. Yeah, everything's progressive. There's no problems. As yeah, long as yeah. You, oh, no. Because if you don't see black people, then there's no problem with black people. Yeah. Yeah, you just live on nothing can hurt you laying out in, in Brenty somewhere, and then it's like you're good. We're so liberal here. You can't yeah. even afford it. Yeah, so it's so liberal that black people cannot <laughs> afford to live here. No, but it was, it was weird. Yeah, it's happened to me. It's probably happened to every black person in some form or fashion. I just happened to relate to this because it happened to me in Europe, accompanied with the monkey noise. So I was like, yeah, relatable content, bro. We were talking about this at my day job, unnamed day job. Mm-hmm. I'm an escort. Yeah. And get some sweet hookups, though. We were talking about our own histories with corporal punishment. Mm-hmm. And we all generally agreed it's like, it seems like that's a bad idea. It's dumb. Your kids. It's don't you hit don't your kids. Do don't hit your kids. But then we were like, but every kid, every moment in the one kid's life, they got a moment. You walk outside, your kid, right? Yeah. Throwing rocks at uh, another kid in a wheelchair. You go into timeout. That's not gonna cut it. It does gonna... seem like there are some moments. Like I knew this I knew this family growing up. And um they uh the daughter, she was she was young, she had this tendency to go out into the street. Yeah. And just sit in the fucking street. Okay. Crazy stupid kid shit that yeah. kids do. You can't explain it. No, no one can. No, you can't. They yelled at her and was like, Don't you do that again? Of course. That's what yeah. a good parent does next day. This kid does it again. Like, you look out the window. Unbelievably, she's sitting around like she's going to play, do a, assemble a Lego set in the yeah. middle of the street. Goes out there, drags this girl into the house, fly swatters all over the legs. Damn. Like, for five minutes. Damn. That's a beating. Bet she went out in the street no more. She didn't. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. tough, man. It's tough. I think the thing is, if you're doing, like, corporal punishment a lot, obviously it's not working. Because yeah. if that was something that was truly effective... It would have to be something that you'd only have to do once. It's the atomic bomb. You yeah. drop it and then sue for peace. Yes. But so, if you're like, I, I whip my kids all the time. It's like, doesn't seem like it's doing anything, but maybe making them worse. But this little cockney wannabe kid being like, oi! Oi! You know, he deserves at least a smack in the this face. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Just one solid smack in the face. Yeah. It's like, oh boy. Yeah. And of course, you know, and we get the perspective of children in this yeah. Imagine what the parents are like. Yeah, because they, the children are taught this. Yes. Most, I mean, my experience being a kid in Germany, I was always like the first black person a lot of these kids met. And it was more curiosity and fun. It's not normal to see something new in a person and eat, immediately go to hate. That kid was taught that. 
This is the thing then when you see a kid doing hateful shit against another human being over something that they have no control or agency over. You say, what's your address? <laughs> right? And they're yeah. like, oh, I'm sure they'll just give it to you. Yeah. And then you go and you beat their parents' asses. Yeah, I don't mm, I don't know if that's... I mean, I'll, you try it and let me know how it works. Okay. <laughs> I'll be like the test. Right? Yeah, you'd be the test guy. And of course, as you can imagine, he internalized this, kept it from his dad. Because his dad was legit excited. To be out there. Yeah. He didn't want his dad to think he was weak, so he bottled it all up. At that age, I was... I was trying to look up to my dad. I was trying to be a man. I was trying to get my dad's love and my dad's affection. And I just really wanted my dad to love me. And I didn't, it's not like he didn't love me. He just had a very hard way of showing it. And at that age, I didn't want to show him any kind of weakness. He said that two, he didn't name names. No, he didn't. But he said that two families ran the area. Yeah. In a way, the way he describes Essex, like there was some familiarity with the environment that I grew up in as mm -hmm. well. Like in terms of like, the dumb, the 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 limited vision of the environment <laughs> yeah. around you, or this idea that two people can truly control everything, or something yeah. like that. And he was like, but he asked a question. You know, sometimes, well, he stated, and I I kind of believe this sometimes. <sighs> These people just looked. I know it sounds really weird to say, but when you, is it possible to say that you can see? bad in someone by just looking at them. And he's talking about looking out his window and seeing this group of, well, I like to call young hooligans out in their little track, track suits and Stone Island apparel and all that stuff. A kid he refuses to name sees him does a Hitler salute. With a little fake mustache over his mouth. In internet world, there's too much Nazi shit going on. Yeah, we fought a war about this. Be, be more clever. If I saw that in real life, what would I do? I want to think I'd go up and punch him right in the ear. I can guarantee you I would not. I remember, that, <laughs> remember that video of that dude punching Richard Spencer? Yeah, that was great. This is our version of the neo Nazi movement. It's uh, Pepe's become kind of a symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, not all heroes wear capes. That's right. That man is a hero. Some of them wear, you know, Antifa stuff. I think you have to look to find that guy's name. I don't even know if that... Was that guy Antifa? I think he was just like... He may have just been a guy in black. It's so hard to tell in the Northwest. I think he was like a black know? dude, just kind of like protesting racism yeah, in yeah. general. Um, he he describes the difference between fighting, and this is a thing that was like... This is kind of like where I grew up. Mm -hmm. In London, when fights happen, they just happen real quick. Yeah. Just screaming on the uh, football field, as it were, yeah. and um, throw a few punches. I, I, I've known those moments in my childhood. Yeah. He said that in Essex... In Essex, they were like, um, meet me round the alleyway, round the back, and me and you are going to go at it. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. That shit happened a lot, and it would happen outside of Martha's Chapel Church, which was about mm -hmm. two miles away from my school. <laughs> so you, then periodically, when you would go by there, you would see like idiot teenagers yeah. like punching each Throwing other. hands. Or standing around each other, act posturing and doing nothing it's like a duel the point is you show up you don't have to fight you just have to show up but that seems weird to him it makes sense yeah. to country ass white kids yeah. for some reason and i can yeah. verify that <laughs> firsthand but he's like if you're just gonna fight why don't you just fight so of course he shows up and it's not a fair fight it's like group circle bullying and he yeah. gets sucker punched and he describes getting Kids on him and he's beating him in the fucking face. Yeah, just wailing on him. He's and doing nothing. Pointed out that there's 
uh, there's reenactments here. That's how we're seeing this. But there's also some stylistic choices. And in this one, we see him, uh, Cornelius, looking at the kid who's playing a younger version of him getting the shit beat out of him on the field. Almost like he's describing being out of body because he said he couldn't feel anything. So maybe that's what they were trying to say. I thought that was pretty powerful. Yeah. And I really thought that worked very well. It did. And he waited until the beating stopped. Said he felt, didn't really feel anything, weirdly enough. Adrenaline helps. Yeah, it does help. And uh, then he got up to leave. And then he went home and fucking just bawled his eyes out. And his mother blamed the father. Because yeah. the mom was fucking worried enough in London night. Nigerian 10 year olds getting stabbed to death now yeah. her son is getting beaten up by by English Hicks yeah his father really couldn't convey is this like dad's all over the world here yeah can't convey emotion truly can't do I, it I kind of relate and it makes me depressed at the same time uh but dad he quit he was working in London still for a while but he quit looking for work locally how do you think that worked out probably not so good then we give the implications that dad's kind of turning in his frustrations. Mm-hmm. The director asked uh, Cornelius, did he hurt you? And he says, yeah, but it's cool. He has a real desire to forgive his father. You can yeah. see that right off, but you can tell that there's something that he's really got to forgive his dad for as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the whole, uh, I think part of the reason why it was so tough for him is that it's like this whole myth of getting out. Like, uh, it's like, if we just lift minorities up and maybe if we put them in a better environment, but you're, unless you address the root causes of why a person may be in this tough situation or, yeah. I mean, you're just going to take this person with no context of the environment, put them there, and then they're just going to have something like this happens. So it's like there's no just easy way of escaping. And that environment is so relative. I mean, the trappings of a city, you can get definitely get more crime than there is out in the rural areas. Yeah. But if you're culturally different than the crime can center on you yeah. in the rural areas. And so then, I mean, I think it's fair to say the documentary takes a turn. After I lost that fight, I just said to myself, the only way I'm going to survive is if I fit in, if I become like them. Yeah, as if everything we said wasn't sad enough. Because he knew it was not going to get better, so the only way to kind of get around it was to... Join them. I started with my clothing. I would literally save all my dinner money up, starve myself, literally. I, I turned into a little twig, just so I can buy all the latest clothing, like Lila Scott, Mackenzie hoodie, tracksuits, and anything I would see all the big top guys wear. He's talking about this, like, I know this is kind of unbelievable. I know this is something that maybe in looking back in his shame, how it could be something that's just so strange to convey to someone else. Especially because I believe Ed Perkins is probably a white dude. I didn't really look that up. So he doesn't have that personal. He can objectively understand this, you know, be educated upon the scourge of racism. This isn't an an experience that he would ever have in this environment. And then next, you know, it went to the hair. Um, you know, at the time they had the little spiky, the spiky hair was the thing back in the day. So I literally would buy this thing called, it's a texturizing cream that would straighten your hair. Changes his hair. And then I just got the, the accent. I was just like, start putting a bit of swing on it. I'm like, you're right, mate. Got blue fucking contacts. I remember thinking to myself, the perfect white man has blue eyes. So I said, F it, I want blue eyes too. 
So I went to a local shop and I bought the brightest blue contact lens that I could find. Pulls a fucking Sammy Sosa. And the final thing I did was I bleached my skin. Yeah, bleached the skin. Yeah, got got a little bit lighter. This is the point where I'm cringing, yeah. where my sadness is getting deep. Yeah, it's weird. But then the weird part happens where he's got friends now. The same fucking people. He said it wasn't that he wanted to be white. It's it, He didn't have the d- inherent desire, I need to be a white person. Yeah. He just knew that this is what he had to do to fit in. And yeah, he became friends with racists. And he's, they, he seemed kind of ashamed and kind of proud that he was able to be so adaptive, but definitely a lot of shame on his face. I think you see this, this is, you know, we were talking about, we had dinner not too long ago, and we were talking about this kind of phenomenon because the, the the aspects of integration and change seem to come whether people want them to or not. Right. She'll get like a very country-ass mother who you know probably has some problematic ideals and they're holding right. like a little black grandbaby. Yeah, a little light-skinned little baby with yeah. curly, sandy hair. And, and, and you see that too. People who... I saw that growing up. People you knew were explicitly racist and they do have like one black friend that they yeah. seem to cut up with and stuff. Yeah. It's like I what is what does that mean? Is it is there something is the black person just eating shit in that moment or is this no. person like or is the potential of the white person to not be a dick no. there? Like what are, what is it that you're seeing there? I mean, think I personally think it's they're having a legitimate moment. The part where the racism always seems to come in is somebody's daughter so it's like hey my daughter is dating a black man or my son's dating a black woman or a black family moved in next door or you know what i mean there's a black there's a bunch of black kids in my kids new school that's when it starts rearing its head the commonality of a lot of excuses that seem to be problems like racial especially along the lines of all of that you get a lot of people using their children as a buffer and an excuse for an idea and an so attitude terrible. But I mean, at the same time, I, I get it. You have this deep, you have this deep desire to protect your child, and so if everything in the society is telling you that these people are dangerous, then that's what ends up happening. And so you teach your kid instead of even like having the possibility of them being around these these kids, you teach them to hate them. So knocks a lot of uh, kills a lot of birds with one stone. Just teach a kid to hate certain people. You don't have to worry about them getting with them or becoming friends with them because they already hate them. Yeah, perpetuation, man. Yeah, and that's a, and that's just and there's like layers of class within that. Yeah, it's like that biscuit, like that that layers uh, Pillsbury Grand's yeah, yeah. layers biscuit. Mm-hmm. Pillsbury Grand's biscuits make breakfast even better. <laughs> and every layer is just something that's just like, dear God, this is yeah. so hard. <laughs> Oh, he's in with a gang. He's doing all the stuff that they're doing. Like they're a gang. Yeah, they they're are a gang. Up, it's like he picked the worst kids in Essex yeah. to yeah. put in blue contacts for him. Yeah, I know. He's like they were smashing houses, smashing cars. They were violent, yeah. and a boy who's getting beat in the streets. Also, he's getting beat at home because yeah. dad's not making it work, and he confesses. Well, I enjoyed it. Because you need to vent that frustration and that pain somewhere. 
<clears throat> in the only in the only socially acceptable way, which is beating the shit out of people. He admits he wanted his dad to love him, and his dad would be hurt by not being able to provide for his family. So dad would hurt him because he was also probably being like a terrible teenager. So yeah. dad's reacting in this cycle, and he in turn would go out and hurt people for no good reason. Yeah. One night he punched a guy off a bike, and he described after he punched him that he kicked him. He screamed on top of his lungs. I just remember seeing his face and he just cave in. He was like, ah. And he described that his face caved in. Yeah, that was pretty sad. Uh, Ed Perkins asked if he felt guilty and it took him a little bit to kind of say it, but he was like, Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel guilty. I feel guilty. But I felt like, I felt like I was accepted. Obviously, Cornelius is not in this situation anymore. No, he looks like a black dude now without blue contacts and without bleach blonde hair. He looks good. Yeah, he looks good. Handsome great. young man. That's right. Ladies. Holler at Cornelius. No, wait, no ring on that finger. No, sir. No. And, um,. <laughs> Go, somebody go fuck Cornelius, please. Come on, he, he, it's Come a on, much better it. outlet. It's a much better outlet. I mean, just fuck the pain away. We ain't saying he ain't got problems. He's definitely got problems. He's, he's more. He's, he's more, out here trying. Yeah, he. You call. You text him at like eleven forty-five. Ask him if he's up. You don't like call him for like dinner or nothing. You know. That's, yeah. Yeah. He could probably beat up a lot of people. You could tell he's yeah. at practice. Yeah, he's definitely at practice. And that's that sad <laughs> shit. <laughs> Black sheep, by Ed Perkins. Profoundly sad, Eldridge. That's right. Really did uh, twist something inside of me. Mm -hmm. And for this shorty, you're going to give it one through three baby Herzogs. I'm going to yeah. give it one through three baby Herzogs. Combine them. The best out of six. I'll go first. Perfect. It was good. Yeah, nice. Beautiful. Beautiful to look at. And it really, the reenactments were utilized so well. Yeah. And it was done in a way that was smart and powerful. Ed Perkins can frame a sad ass story. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's kind of a different thing than uh, tell me who I am. But if I had to say if I like this one better than that one, I did like Black Sheep a little better, obviously. Yeah. But you don't have to compare them. But I thought this was just so well executed. I give it three baby herd socks. It's going to cut right to the chase. I'm going to give it a three as well. Holy shit, Whitney Play. Yes. Ah. I Crack is whack, y'all. Let me tell you. But no, it was great. The acting, I felt like I was watching it happen for real, even though I know they're actors. I felt that too. The shots, great. The lighting, perfect. The set, the sense of place for Essex, the way they just kind of, when I think of outside of London, slightly further out places, towns in England, I think brick landscapes and rolling fields that captured all of that. His experience, I mean... I'm all into anything English because I like the Premier League. It was it was great. I I really enjoyed this. It was touching. Do you give it three? That's I right. give it three. That's because for real talk, it's a perfect short documentary. That's right. And that's that sad shit. Wipe away a tear. Get ready. <laughs> oh god. We'll see you next week. Same doc time. Same doc channel. Keep on docking. That was so loud.
the shoulder like that, or you bother it like you don't want to butt it off because then it's bare wet and you get up and spit your mouth. It's horrible. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about a black kid being accepted by racists. <laughs> they were cool with me, like me of all people. And it felt, it felt good. <laughs> Guess what goes really well with eggs? <laughs> we used to ride round all reckless, stolen pets, that's Jillian Vespers. And the feds got my broski restless, said he got a charge on a car, no Tesla. And everybody round me rowdy, I walk in, tell a jeweler, wow me. If you're talking about peas, just allow me. 19, I put 19 on an Audi. I'll never forget that day that I found me the cutest caramel brownie. And the chest and backbone. See, trust me, everything shake no Saudi. My G just came out for a shooting, and Rams done a madness charting. Said so a man got something in common, cause trust me, both of the teams did.